What's going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 72 of the Deep Ball Gridiron Edition. I'm your host, Anthony Paolo, joined, of course, by my co-host, Corey Lickman. Core week seven in the books, another real good week of football. We had some of the powerhouse teams on a bye, including the Philadelphia Eagles, the Buffalo Bills, and the Minnesota Vikings do have a nice record through seven weeks, but they finally got to go on their bye week. But, hey, still a ton of football, some trades even getting done within this past week and even today as well with the trade deadline looming. It's on Tuesday, November 1st, so definitely we'll keep an eye out for those. But, yeah, I'm excited to talk some of these trades and some of these games from week seven when uh, we saw a lot of quarterback changes too. I mean, it's action-packed is what I'm trying to get at. Yeah, man, I mean, like you said, a lot of – a few top teams in the league not on the bye week, but I don't know. Honestly, I feel like some of the play this year kind of a little bit disappointing, but at the end of the day, like, we got some trades and – we all just love football, and and today we're gonna watch it. And yeah, I mean, there was games played, so yeah, looking forward to um talking about it. Yeah, we're gonna start first on the trade market and kind of link those into some of the games this past week. And the big one so far, core Christian McCaffrey dealt from the Carolina Panthers to the San Francisco 49ers. This was last Thursday. Goes for a second, a third, a fourth, and a fifth. Those were, I believe, scattered over the next two drafts. I don't believe they were all in the 2023 draft. I think some of them are 2024. Uh, We'll start with the Panthers. Um, Once they fired Matt Rule, it seemed pretty obvious that they're going in a new direction. Their quarterback situation beyond this year is definitely a mess. They need as many picks as possible. I know, I think, like, before this trade, I think they only had, like, four picks or something over the next draft, which is really, really low. I know they used a couple to get Darnold. Then they used some to get Baker. They also used some to move up and take Matt Corral in this past year's draft. So definitely a team that needed to kind of like reload on its draft capital, being able to deal McCaffrey, who, I mean, he's been injured in 2021, 2022. Now he's been healthy so far, but obviously making a lot of money. So people maybe are a little hesitant to go get him, but the 49ers kind of, are pushing their chips in and they see an opening in the NFC and they pay a decent price for a running back. But I think that Kyle Shanahan, if you could ask him who's one runner that you'd want in his outside zone scheme, I think Christian McCaffrey comes to mind. So I think it's a swing by the 49ers. I think it's a swing that they can make though. And for Carolina, I thought it was um, a job well done as well. Yeah. I mean, I'd say this is definitely a win by both teams. I think teams like when there's like a star player, like this traded, I think that whoever gets the star, like you're getting a star no matter what you give up. I think the, the Panthers certainly got a haul for Christian McCaffrey, but at the end of the day, like Chris McCaffrey went healthy, probably a top five back in the league going back to his home state, uh, or, or at least where he played college ball at Stanford. Kyle Shanahan, like they're pretty familiar with each other. I think putting him into a system where it seemed like at least for – few years like any running back you plug into that offense like performs and you get a guy who's just an absolute beast who can catch the ball out of the backfield could run Chris McCaffrey I think certainly makes the 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 49ers a really good team in the NFC I think I still don't think it makes them better than the Eagles who also made moves themselves we'll get into that but yeah I mean I think to make this offense better get another playmaker Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey's got to be one of the best running back wide receiver combos in in the league, if not the best. I'm not thinking off the top of my head. 
But yeah, I think the Panthers, a team looking to rebuild, kind of trying to, I wouldn't say they're tanking. They did just beat the Buccaneers. But this team has no, like, they have no ceiling of making the playoffs or winning that many games in this league. So I think to deal your best offensive player, maybe DJ, DJ Moore is next. I think to get all these draft picks, I think you got to be happy for the Panthers. And I think the 49ers get a playmaker. So I think it's a good trade for both teams. I'm also going to give the slight edge just to the Niners just because you're getting Christian McCaffrey. But I don't necessarily think it translates to a Super Bowl, but I think swinging for the fences is the way to go in in the NFC, and hopefully they can make a run. I think it puts them top three, like, secured in the NFC, honestly. Yeah, listen, I think it's a good swing in the sense because the NFC is kind of open. I think the only reason maybe why I'm not – as thrilled with the move is just because of the capital that San Francisco has invested in the running back position the past couple of drafts. They take Trey Sermon in the third round last year, Terry and David Davis Price in the third round this year. So, I mean, you know what? Like now, if you add those two picks onto what they just traded McCaffrey, that's six draft picks that you're investing through. And I mean, Elijah Mitchell as well was a sixth rounder. So there you go. There's seven draft picks in the last two like seasons that you've accounted for running backs, which is pretty hefty when guys like Jeff Wilson are running perfectly fine for Kyle Shanahan in his offense. So I think that McCaffrey will take this offense to the next level and it will help out some of the losses that Trey Lance not being there in the backfield, his running ability that like, that'll help now going from Wilson to McCaffrey. It didn't help enough this past week on Sunday. Obviously McCaffrey was pretty limited in that sense, eight carries for 38 yards and then two catches for 24 yards. But the real story in this game, I mean, Patrick Mahomes, again, it's just like it, people – We I feel like it – how did people write him off after Tyreek Hill got traded and stuff like that? It doesn't matter. 423 yards, three touchdowns against one of the top defenses in the league. Now, I know San Francisco has been dealing with some injuries, but they did get some key contributors back in this game, such as Nick Bosa, and it, it just didn't matter. Again, this Chiefs offense is just humming. I know Garoppolo threw a really bad interception in this game. Now, uh, after that, it was very one-sided. The Niners at three and four, maybe like a, a little bit of a sense of urgency now. Obviously, we've talked about them possibly being at the top of the NFC, but the Chiefs at five and two, obviously, clearly still on the Buffalo Bills level and really making us regret kind of doubting them a little bit to win the AFC West in the beginning of the year. Yeah, man. I mean, you talk about those people writing off Patrick Mahomes. I wouldn't say I wrote off Patrick Mahomes, but I know I thought without Tyreek Hill, this this offense would would certainly like I still thought they'd be like a way above average offense, but I of thought Tyreek, yeah. I thought they they would struggle, but obviously Patrick Mahomes leading the league in yards right now. I mean, he goes out there and absolutely puts on a clinic against a good a good 49ers defense. Like he I mean, Juju Smith Schuster last two games, over a hundred yards and a touchdown. I think he is still a, he's still a talented receiver in this league I think I mean after that 1400 yards season with the Steelers he really hasn't had another like good season honestly besides like his rookie season so I think to get him more involved in the offense I think has helped them in uh in these last two games I know they lost to the Bills before that but but still I think yeah Patrick Mahomes just like his ability to just like just like very mobile able to like sidearm throws as an absolute cannon, like you can just do it all. But yeah, I mean, 
absolute brutal take by me to say Patrick Mahomes like wouldn't be the same because clearly, if anything, like to have one of the best seasons he's had. I mean, you can't even say that because I mean, he had like fifty touchdowns when he won the MVP. But yeah, I mean, just bad take by me. Patrick Mahomes proved me wrong, and yeah, the Chiefs are as dangerous as, as anyone in the NFL. Yeah, I mean, they're getting help now from other places. I mean, Juju, like you said, back-to-back 100-yard touchdown games. That's big. MVS went for over 100 yards at the second time in the last three weeks. So that helps a lot. Um, Pacheco, too, took more of a role in the backfield. I really like how he runs. Hardman had three touchdowns, and two of them were on the ground. So, yeah, I mean, they're getting help from other places, and people are kind of carrying the load. Obviously, Travis Kelsey still the star of everything there. But, yeah, Kansas City, again, still looks just as dangerous as they ever had. And just, again, just don't doubt them. Like, they could lose anybody. But they when they have 15 at quarterback, it doesn't matter. Moving on to a couple other trades, core, we'll start with the Jacksonville Jaguars. We'll start first with this past week with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Travis Etienne took more of a feature role in the backfield, but they did lose ultimately to the Giants 23-17, while ETN ran for 114 yards on the ground uh, on only 14 carries and scored a touchdown. He did have a costly fumble that looked like, I mean, it was them, they were maybe on the, he was on the eight-yard line maybe when he was fumbled going in. The Giants running the ball were great. Saquon at 110 yards on the ground, and Daniel Jones 107 yards on the ground, along with a touchdown to go along with 200-plus yards in the air and a touchdown en route to an NFC Offensive Player of the Week honors. I mean, these Giants core at 6-1, and one, they just don't stop. And, yeah, they kind of spoiled ETN's breakout day in Jacksonville. It just seems the way the Giants are winning these games, like, it's just they, they grind you out. And like we said last week, they, they just, they're just not going to go away. There was times in this game that they were down, but – I don't know. The thing is, through the through through this twenty twenty two season, they have just found ways to, to to win games. Like they're down seventeen to thirteen in this game. Daniel Jones runs in for for that for that touchdown with like five and change left, and it just they're just finding ways to win right now. Not like being a dominant team because I don't think that's like their their motto. But they're gonna grind you. They're gonna stay in games, and then like late in the game, they they just find ways to win. Their defense and offense just get the job done. And, yeah, I mean, literally three three straight weeks. Yeah, I mean, the Packers, the the Ravens, and and now the Jaguars, like three straight weeks, they find ways to win like that where they were trailing in all three games. But, yeah, I think we'll get into James Robinson getting traded. But I think Travis Etienne now averaging six yards per carry this season. I think we got to, like, remember, when this guy was in college, I don't know the exact stat. I think he definitely averaged over – six yards per carry might have even been more like six yards per carry every single season at Clemson. So when this guy has the ball in his hands, I think he like, he's just an absolute blur. Like he just an absolute like dynamic playmaker with the ball in his hands. So I think trading, we'll get into that James Robinson getting traded. I don't, I don't like not like the move. I think letting ETN be the feature back is certainly um, crucial. I mean, just like, Smart move, but I think a six-round pick um, maybe could have got a little bit more. But, I mean, he is like an undrafted running back. But, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that. But, yeah, Travis Etienne, I think, certainly is the truth for the Jaguars. Yeah, Etienne just under 5,000 yards in his career in college. I mean, this guy is an accomplished runner. That was the record as well for the most in the ACC, in ACC history. 
yeah, with him, it seemed like it was almost destined to happen. Obviously, last year, missed the whole year with the foot injury. This year, kind of brought him out a little slow, but it seemed like Doug Peterson, like his running style might fit them better. Unfortunately, that meant James Robinson. I don't even know if James Robinson got a carry in this game. If he did, it was his last one in Jacksonville because, as you mentioned, traded to the New York Jets for that sixth rounder. That could condition it could be a fifth rounder. I, I forgot the exact stipulations of that, but the Jets have an obvious hole at running back. After unfortunately, it looked like the front runner for offensive rookie of the year, Brees Hall, goes down with a torn ACL. Uh, he had a sixty-two yard touchdown run early in this game in the first quarter, and then I believe he went out. I want to say in the second quarter during some time, definitely a brutal blow for the Jets. They get a nice win in Denver, but it comes at a pretty expensive cost with both Hall and now Elijah Vera Tucker as well, one of their offensive linemen, another young kid. Also, they lost him for the season. So it's a good signal, if you ask me, from the Jets at 5-2, and two, a team that was not expected to really compete, that they're, Joe Douglas is being aggressive and he's going to try to – like, the, like the, you know what I mean? Like the Jets aren't – like they're not playing around. Like they could easily sat back. They could have went with Michael Carter at the running back position and maybe gone with more of a committee. But they go make a move. They trade a future pick to get James Robinson, a pretty cheap, like, capital-wise, nothing crazy. And, yeah, they're going to hope that maybe they can keep riding this momentum and play themselves into an unexpected playoff spot at some point. Because, I mean, they're playing some really good football right now. So, I mean, they're leaning on their defense. I know Brett Ripien isn't really somebody to write home about at quarterback. And, obviously, we know the Broncos struggled with Russell Wilson. So, once they went to a backup – Probably wasn't likely that they were going to really get anything going on offense. But, yeah, I mean, nothing nothing to take away from the Jets. Their defense has been really good. Their run game had been really good with Brees Hall, and hopefully with James Robinson it can continue. Mm, I mean, who says with Brett Ripon in the game, is it really like that much of a downgrade from what Russell – I mean, obviously it's Russell Wilson. Could you, could you imagine saying that in the preseason? I mean, I didn't. I couldn't really watch this game, but I mean, Ru- like, Russell I, Russell Wilson was too busy doing high knees on the plane. Did you hear about this? Yeah, yeah, that is just that's just that's brutal. Just awful. Man. I don't even know what's gotten into Russ. Maybe just like that Denver. It's got to be that Denver like altitude. It's, yeah, it's got to be right. Like they got to <laughs> do like a study or something on that. Like what happens in Denver? The balls fly better in Coors Field, and Russell Wilson's brain turns to mush. <laughs> Like, geez, what's going it's on? It's got to be. But, I mean, yeah, Ripon in this game, or was the, I mean, honestly, yeah, Ripon, <laughs> not saying this guy's good because guy's a backup quarterback, but I'm not saying Russell Wilson does that much better. But, I mean, yeah, Brees Hall going down this game, certainly brutal. I think the James Robinson pickup, I love. I like Michael Carter, but I think Brees Hall – is a running back who he's like a workhorse type back. Like he can get 20 plus carries. I don't see Michael Carter necessarily as that mm-hmm. type of running back. Like he's good. But I think Robinson could come in, take probably once he gets affiliated with this offense. Like I think it's going to, J Rob is going to get the majority of the carries. Like I think Brees was starting to take over fully. Like I still think, I, I think J Rob's going to get more carries than, than Michael Carter. It's just the type of back he is. I think Carter will be more like the third down back receiving mm-hmm. back. But yeah, I think this is just a time. Um, I know Elijah Vera Tucker also out for the year. I don't know. I think Zach Wilson this year certainly has been leaning on that defense, who's absolutely been been great. Sauce Gunner, defensive player of the week, and in the run game. But I know now it might not be the same. I don't. I still don't think J. Rob is even at his best. I don't think he's Brees Hall. Like, I think Brees Hall is a special talent. But yeah, I mean Zach Wilson, number two pick, he's gonna have to step it up. I know that I've seen some memes. It's like the Jets right now. It's a picture of like 
Zach Wilson on the Jets, and it's like Clay Thompson in like the finals, and it's like two for seven, like five points. Like I think Zach Wilson's got to step it up, and she's got to like he's missing some throws, and I think eventually, I mean, right now their script is lean on defense in the run game, but they've also been ahead, like or tied in most of the in most of these games that that they're winning. Like there hasn't been a time where they've been down in the fourth. I mean, honestly. What am I saying? Against the Steelers, they were. He showed flashes there. I think since then, he really hasn't been able to show like consistency. I think that's what he's gonna have to like show. Because honestly, I think right now, um, if Zach Wilson could step up, I don't know. I think the ceiling could be pretty high for the Jets. Like, I, I'm not saying they're gonna go into like Kansas City in a playoff game or Buffalo win a game, but I don't know. You probably feel like similar way about your Giants. I think. I think the AFC, like, top dogs are better. But, like, I don't know. Like, what do you think? If the Jets somehow draw, like, the five or six seed in the playoffs, they're, like, rolling. They're pretty good. And they draw, like, Tennessee or, like, Baltimore or, like, the winner of the AFC North or the AFC South. Mm -hmm. Like, do you think they could potentially, like, steal a playoff game and then just get steamrolled by the Bills or, or Chiefs? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of going to start alluding to that. I think that at this point now with the Jets season, the back-to-back wins over the Packers who aren't the same in the Broncos, again, maybe not as like what they were going to be in the preseason. I, I think they could. Now, going on the road and winning a playoff game is really tough, and I think that over the next 10 games, like it's going to be a huge test for Zach Wilson to kind of see, like, can he get to that point? They, you kind of compared it to the Giants. I think that Daniel Jones through seven weeks has shown me enough that I would feel confident having him as my quarterback going on the road and winning a playoff game. Zach Wilson, if you ask me, is not at that point. He had a great fourth quarter against the Steelers, and it's been pretty ugly ever since then. So he definitely, definitely, like, this is a big time for Zach Wilson's development. Hopefully after these next 10 weeks for Jet fans, they'll know if they have their quarterback in their future, which is honestly all you could ask for, like, going into the year. You wanted to figure out what you had in Wilson while you're competing and stuff. So I think that this sets up the Jets for a pretty good time. And, yeah, I think if – I think if Wilson takes some strides forward and plays some real good football these next uh, 11 weeks or 10 weeks, then the, the Jets got a chance as, yeah, maybe a six seed or maybe a, eh, if they're a seven, probably not. But if they're like, the, they'd have to get like the six Five seed and six. hope that they could go to, yeah, Baltimore or Cincinnati, whoever wins that division, and then looking like Tennessee or, I mean, even if Indy turns it around. One other trade core that we'll definitely mention that just actually happened on Wednesday. Robert Quinn gets traded from the Chicago Bears to the Philadelphia Eagles for a fourth rounder. Quinn had 18 and a half sacks last year. He has like no more guaranteed money on his deal. So I would say this is a pretty low risk move for the Eagles, a team that we've mentioned has some depth on that defensive line. And then they get another edge now in Quinn who has a real good track history Again, it just goes to show that Howie Roseman has continued to kind of go like all out for this Eagles team. He sees that there are certain needs, obviously, with a, a receiver, got A.J. Brown. He saw right before the year they needed a safety. They go get uh, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. And now with Quinn at, as an edge, again, it just adds – everybody needs pass rushers, especially in the playoffs when you can rotate these guys in. I'm not sure if how Quinn's been playing this year. I, yeah, he only has one sack this year, Robert Quinn. Obviously, that could change going from a less talented front in um, Chicago, now going to Philadelphia, maybe less like double teams and stuff like that. You're not really game planning as much around Robert Quinn as in Philadelphia as you would be in Chicago. With that being said, though, I mean, it's still, 
the, the guy had 18 and a half sacks this year. He knows how to get after the quarterback. He's been a pro bowler multiple times in a bunch of different places. So, yeah, I think Quinn was a really good get by the Philadelphia Eagles, especially at the cost. And, again, they're just trying to boost their profile to be the number one seed in the NFC. And, yeah, I think it was a pretty good move by them. Yeah, I mean, I think this Philadelphia defense is very, very balanced. I mean, if you're going to tell me, like, one thing, I feel like their pass rush certainly could be upgraded right now. I see their 12th in the league in stacks, uh, kind of a little above average for the league. But, I mean, when you're 6-0, like, you expect to be at the top of most of these categories. So, I think adding Robert Quinn, like a good edge rusher, I think certainly is – I mean, he's got it like it's a bonus. I think what they only give up a fourth round pick for mm-hmm. it. I know, I know Robert Quinn is like thirty two years old, but but still, I think um, adding depth to to your D line, I think certainly certainly helps a guy. Wait, he he was on the on the Rams last year, right? No, nah, he was still he was still with Chicago. He's been with Chicago the past couple of years. He was with like the Rams. I think he was with Dallas. Oh wait, and then he I'm bounced to of- Chicago. You like the Floyd? Floyd, 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 Leonard Floyd. Another yeah. one of those Chicago pass rushers. They love mm-hmm. to like intertwine there because what's his name? Like Staley used to be in Chicago and um, the Rams. So like, you know what I mean? He kind of brought some guys with him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I know. I mean, adding that depth, I think certainly, like you said, I think they've made a few big trades this this offseason. I mean, C.J. Gardner-Johnson's been, been good for them. A.J. Brown, I think, yeah. Robert Quinn, another guy. I think Philly clearly also another team in the NFC going for it after they saw Christian McCaffrey go to the Niners. So, I mean, I'd say right now, like, you got to give the edge to Philly. I think it's their conference, their whole NFC conference to lose. And I think Robert Quinn, I know he hasn't been great this year, but I think still, like, I think he'll have an impact on that team um, and make that defense better. Yeah, for sure. And he'll probably also offset some of the loss that they've been feeling from Derek Barnett, former first-rounder out of Tennessee, who they lost, I believe maybe a couple weeks ago, to a torn ACL. So they got Brandon Graham over there. They have Hassan Reddick was their free agent acquisition. I believe he leads their team in sacks now. So bringing Robert Quinn aboard, hopefully that helps their overall pass rush. And like I said, on their quest to be the number one seed in the NFC and continue their undefeated streak because they are currently 6-0, the only undefeated team remaining in the NFL. Core, let's switch it up a little bit. Let's talk about some quarterbacks. And I mean, over the past week, definitely a lot of changes going down we'll start first in indianapolis the titans beat the colts 19 to 10 the colts follow that up with matt ryan's a little hurt right now but even though with that being said we're gonna go with sam ellinger at the quarterback position for the foreseeable future ellinger in his second year out of the university of texas he's kind of a gamer i wouldn't say that ellinger is necessarily this guy who's got a huge arm or is noticeably quick and stuff like that, but he's pretty mobile. And again, he's, he's, he's a tough kid. I don't think this is what the Colts envisioned when they went and got Matt Ryan. It just, again, it's another off season quarterback move for the third straight year. First rivers. Then they get went with Wentz and now Ryan, that kind of backfires on them. Hopefully Ellinger can give them enough of a spark because now at, I believe they're three, three and one, they're Mm -hmm. only, a game and a half out of first place or a half game out of first place in that AFC South. So, yeah, I mean, obviously they have playoff aspirations too, so they're going to hope that the changeup works there. For Ryan, just turned the ball over a little bit too much, nine interceptions, three fumbles. He was sacked 24 times as well. I believe that's the best and, like, the most in the league, which, I mean, to be fair, like, I just, like, 
vividly remember that Thursday night game. Like he was just getting beat up. I know they were shuffling some pieces around too. They were playing Braden Smith at from instead of that tackle at guard. Like they had a new rookie left tackle who was just getting abused all game. So I don't want to necessarily throw all the fault on Matt Ryan. Jonathan Taylor also missed a couple games. He was back though this week. But at the end of the day, they're hoping that Ellinger can provide a spark. I'm not necessarily sure. Like, do I think it maybe was the right move? Maybe in the sense that, like, they kind of know where they're at with Matt Ryan and what, what team they could be. And now, you know, now will they maybe be a little bit worse with Ellinger? Yeah, but who knows? They could be a lot better with him. So I'm, I'm all for taking the chance here. Yeah, I mean, Ellinger, guy's a Longhorn. So I guess I guess he's my guy. I mean, I claim, I claim Texas. So, I mean, the thing is with Ellinger, it's not like he's a – like a first or second round pick. I think what was he a fifth round, fifth round pick? Might have been uh, a fourth, either a fourth or fifth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. Like it's not like this guy was like a high level guy coming out of Texas. Like he, yeah. I always got more of the in interpretation. Like he was more like, yeah, he's just like a he's a dog out there. Like he's a gamer, but he's not. He's like he doesn't have a big arm. Like it's not like he's like flying off the board in on on draft boards and like stuff like that. So I think for them to go to, to Sam Ellinger, like a guy, like we said, like he, he's a, I think, I thought coming out of, of college, like his ceiling probably was just to be like a backup quarterback, despite like him being like a dog. Like I just don't know if he had like all the intangibles to be a starting quarterback, but I mean, obviously good for him to get his chance now. I think it's gotta be saying something about Matt Ryan. I mean, they gave him seven games and he, he had one good game against Jags besides that. Yeah, he's been he's been pretty bad. So I think the Colts seems like they've just being like we're three three and one like with Matt Ryan. I don't know. Like he's been bad. We're still like right there at the division. I think I, I don't hate the move. I think if anything, it could put a light of fire under Matt Ryan. I mean, Matt Ryan, former MVP, for him to get benched by like a fifth rounder if that's what he was. I think. That might light some fire. So I think, I think with Ellinger, you got to give him. If he goes out there and has a bad game, I'd say you give him another game. And if he like goes out there and has like a bad second, like a bad half the following week, I think then you maybe go back to Ryan. Or I don't know when Nick Foles is back. To be honest, like I completely forgot he was even on the team. But is he, is he hurting on Nick Foles? He's got no. Be, right? I think I think Nick Foles is actually going to be the listed backup this week. Oh really? Mm-hmm. Oh wow! I mean, yeah. They if that's the case, I mean, Matt Ryan, honestly, just like I don't even know. He might be clipped. Well, Matt like, Ryan's also a little banged up too. Like, I don't even know if Matt Ryan's gonna be at. They don't know if Matt Ryan's even gonna be active this week. Oh, he's got like a grade two like shoulder strain or something like that. So he is gonna be out. But I'm pr- like they did say that they're gonna go with Ellinger oh, even with that. Yeah, I think the bonus of putting in a rookie like Sam Ellinger is. They, when you're like young and you're a rookie like that, you just not a rookie, second year guy, but you just go in there and you just play like very free. I feel like those are the type of quarterbacks that come in and and are successful. Like especially as like young quarterbacks, so like you just gotta go in there and you just gotta like not let the the big time lights get you. Like just play out there like you know, like young and free. Like Bailey Zappy before last like this past week where he had a bad second half. I feel like he was a guy who just went in there. Mm-hmm. He's the opportunity, like did pretty well with the Patriots, earned respect. And now like he's in the conversation of being the starting quarterback. I think Ellinger got to do like some of the same, just go out there 
compete. I know he can he can get it done on the ground and and through the air. So I, I think um I'm rooting for him. I think this is a good opportunity for him, especially against um I mean the commanders aren't really a great a great team. So I think he's gonna go out there. I, I think he's gonna play pretty good, to be honest. But yeah, I, I don't know where the Colts go from here. I mean, with Sam Allinger, your quarterback, I don't think your ceiling is what you thought it was going into the season. But I mean, at this point, I guess like all aspirations coming into the season are kind of like out the window. Mm-hmm. So Colts are just mixing it up. And yeah, I, I don't hate the move going with Allinger. Yeah, it's an, it's an all-hands-on-deck move, if you ask me, and try to spark something with that team. And again, they're going to lean on Jonathan Taylor, it seems like, over these next 10 games for them. So hopefully he can kind of help ease Ellinger's way in there, as well as Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell's had a couple of nice games, Alec Pierce, the rookie. So there are some weapons for him to work with there. But yeah, for Ellinger's sake, actually Ellinger, by the way, sixth-round rookie. So sixth-round rookie getting his – or well, sixth-rounder last year, so getting his first real shot in year two. It's a pretty good, you know. What I mean, it's that means that means he must be doing something though, kind of right on the practice field. They must have a decent amount of confidence in him. So good for Allinger. And like I said, the kid's a gamer, so we'll have to wait and see. And we'll definitely see some more design quarterback runs because obviously Matt Ryan isn't running anytime, but Ellinger's a lot more athletic. Moving on to the Patriots, you kind of mentioned Bailey Zap Zappy. Um, I mean, kind of a weird situation where Mac Jones does get the start, struggles, throws an interception. Zappy comes off the bench with two straight touchdown drives, and people are like, all right, like this is the guy who just won us a game against the Browns. Then he played pretty good the week before against the Packers, and you're like, okay, maybe we got some sort of conversation. And then it kind of went all downhill in the second half. I think he threw like two interceptions. Then he had a fumble as well. It looks like Mac Jones, they're going to stick with him as the starting quarterback. That's what reports have came out of in New England. I don't necessarily think it was a great thing that your second-year quarterback, there was kind of like a little bit of uncertainty there as well as Zappy played. But at the end of the day, hopefully competition brings out the best in Mac Jones and hopefully he's able to rise to the occasion. But for Zappy, again, it was a, a guy saw his moment for a couple weeks as our fourth-rounder out of Western Kentucky, threw for a ton of yards there, set all sorts of records in college football last season. And – you, you know what I mean? He, he'll get a shot probably down the road and stuff, but it's just unfortunate that he couldn't really continue with that opportunity. And like I said, hopefully for the Patriots' sake, his presence and his performance really, while Mac Jones was out, kind of lights a fire under Mac Jones and gets him going back on track. I mean, you're saying like um, Zappy, like, like I, Zappy's like role as a starter, I don't think is necessarily out the window. I think Mac Jones has to go out there and like, play good football he did not do that on monday night i think he's gotta like this job isn't just like locked up for 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 mac jones just because bailey zappy did not do good in the second half i think you look mac jones i think is a guy last year like his rookie year everyone was like his quarterback his quarterback's good like yeah he's doing well especially when the um, the patriots kind of on that tear i was absolutely like thinking how is this guy actually gonna win offensive rookie of the year over over jamar chase like i think like the talent level at their respective positions, like weren't even close. But I mean, this year it's kind of it's kind of gone on the definitely taken a drop a lot. I think Zappy. Um, yeah, I think like if you're Mac Jones right now, I think I hope he's not like trying to live off like his morals. Like I think the fact like you got to realize, I think like you look at Bailey Zappy and Mac Jones. Like I really don't like. I think Mac Jones good. Like I don't think Mac Jones like that much better. Of a quarterback, like I think, mm-hmm. if Bailey Zappi plays seventeen games, 
and Mac Jones plays 17 games, like, do you really think the record of the team is going to be, like, that much different? Like, a person, like, I just don't see it. I think Mac Jones just has the benefit that the Patriots took a first-round pick and took Mac Jones. Like, he's going to get the benefit of the doubt. I think he's got to go out there, and he's got to, like, go take this job again. Because, like, right now, I still think it's up in the air. Like, he goes out there, has a bad first half. I don't know, you might turn to Zappy or who's even um is Brian Hoyer? He was like banged up though, Hoyer. I'm not Ooh. sure if he's back, but let's be real. They're not going like with these two, they're not going to Hoyer. Yeah. I don't know. I just think the Patriots right now are just like I mean, they're just not like a, a fun team to watch. Even last not year. Not at all. Just like, yeah, they're just like on offensive side, they lack a lot of skilled players. I mean, like Ramon Stevenson is good. Jacoby Myers made that nice. A nice catch, but I don't know. I think the I think the 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 Pats are like minus two and a half this week. I think the Jets have some injuries, but I don't know. I kind of I kind of like I kind of like the Jets, but I think Mac Jones definitely has to go out there, kind of have like a good game this week against a tough Jets defense to kind of like reestablish that that the job's his and not Bailey Zappies. But I personally don't think he's going to do that this week. I think he's going to struggle more against my Jets. So I don't know what they're going to do to be honest. Yeah, it's fair what you say that. I mean, of course, because they invested a first-round pick in him and his success last year, that they're going to have a longer leash with Jones than they will Zappi. Yeah, it's a big game for the Patriots this week. Two games back of the Jets in the standings. I mean, if they were to fall to this one, definitely have an uphill battle to climb, especially with Buffalo already in that division and Miami. I mean, they could almost see themselves looking at last place, which would not be good for the remainder of the season. We'll move on to another quarterback, two quarterbacks who got their first well, he didn't, they didn't get their first starts of 2022, but they both got their first wins. T.J. Walker in his second start, I mean, dismantled the Bucks. Not really as much to him. I mean, he played pretty well. He threw for two touchdowns. Um, their run game was great. They ran for 173 yards on the ground without Christian McCaffrey between Dante Foreman and Chuba Hubbard. And then Taylor Heineke beats Aaron Rodgers. The common theme in this one, I it, core, we keep saying to the Bucks and the Packers, I feel like a broken record. It's just continued disappointment, disappointment, disappointment. What blows my mind is that the Buccaneers, again, the difference in the run game, they ran for 46 yards and they allowed 173 on the ground. I would love to know since Brady's been in Tampa Bay, when the rushing differential between, like, like was that big? It's over 100 yard difference. Like, that's crazy. But I mean, good for P.J. Walker. They're going to announce him the starter for the rest of the year. And Taylor Heineke kind of seizing the opportunity again. I'm not going to say again that he was flawless in the game, and he's the reason why Washington won. But, I mean, it's pretty funny if you look at Week 7 and P.J. Walker and Taylor Heineke took down kind of two of the best quarterbacks that we've ever seen in Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. So definitely still even more time to panic for both of those two teams and the Bucks and the Packers. But – Good for the two young quarterbacks trying to make a case for themselves, and let's see if they can keep it up. Yeah, I mean, the Packers right now, it's, it's just pretty bad. I think, yeah, three straight losses. I think the fact that this week they're like 11-point underdogs, I think it's up to 11-and-a-half actually, against against the Bills, I think it is actually crazy. I think, yeah, I mean, this, that game, they they were up early in the game, but – I don't know. The commanders, I mean, you like look at it, the commander, I think people like write you off so quick in football just because the season's like really not that long. But like the commanders start off one and four, like you get back to three and four, like you're right back into it. I think Heineke kind of 
I don't know. I think Taylor Heineke, I think, is kind of like a misunderstood, like not misunderstood, just like not appreciated enough like as a quarterback. Like if you look at his time in, in Washington, like he got them to the – like they made the playoffs with him, lost to the Bucks, But like in that game, like he showed a lot of heart, a lot of fight. Last year, like they went on somewhat of a surge trying to um win the NFC East, like get into the playoffs. And then they go out and get Carson Wentz, starts off one and one and not two and four. Um, they won against uh the Bears. But I think Heineke, think about him like he's just competed out there. And I don't know, I think if he well, you think if Heineke keeps winning games, like if he if he goes out there and wins this week against the Colts, like when Carson when Carson Wentz comes back, like it, it, you think it's just his job, or Heineke could? I think Heineke could hold on to it. To be, I honest. agree. I, I think yeah. I think Heineke can one hundred percent hold on to. It. They're playing decent football and they're competing with Heineke. It's not like Carson Wentz did enough um, to solidify the job. It's not like they're crazy tied to Wentz, even the compensation that they gave up. So yeah, I would expect Heineke to if he's rolling and he's playing good football, I'd expect him to keep a, potentially run away with the job for the remainder of the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. I think so too, but then for the Packers and I mean the Bucks, I think yeah, both these teams right now, I think just it's just bad. Like you're losing to to the Commanders, and you're literally losing to Carolina, scoring what three points? Like that's just, just pathetic. I think. Um, the thing about um Brady, I, I don't know if Brady was like he's not retiring anytime soon. I think that it might not be his choice. I was going to say, like, I was talking about this, like, the other day with, like, with my friends. Like, if Brady keeps going, like, are the Buccaneers really going to tell, like, the, the greatest of all time that, hey, buddy, you're not our quarterback anymore. Like, we're cutting you. Like, if mm-hmm. Tom Brady's, like, I'm coming back next year, like, I don't know. I think you got to do it. Like, he's clearly not the same quarterback. I just don't know if, like, they'll do that to, like, a legend in the GOAT. Like Probably Tom not. Brady, I think you're Tom Brady. You've like this. You've earned the right like to be able to say like I'm done when I'm done. And it's not like they like. I mean, it took Kyle Trask a couple years ago, but you know what I mean. It's not like they like. He was a second rounder. It's not. But it's not like people are writing home that Kyle Trask would be this franchise quarterback. If they like had like a first rounder from this past year invested into the quarterback position, then maybe. But I don't know. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Like they don't really have another option right now. Like Kyle Trask. It's not like he's really your guy. I mean, worst case, I think, hey, they the Bucks. I don't know what the, what the, like what their final record is going to be, but I think you got to like start looking into your future, like first round pick. I think the Bucks like got to be in that conversation to to think about getting a quarterback. I don't know who's going to be there, but I don't know if Kyle Trask can really be the guy, and I don't know how much longer Tom Brady you can tolerate as your starting quarterback, like obviously he's the GOAT, but he's clearly had a like level dip in his game. So I think for me, if I'm in that front office, like to me, it's no brainer. I think first round pick, I may, I think like you got to start thinking quarterback in my opinion. Hey, yeah. I mean, it's not all on Brady. If you ask me, I think their running game is obviously like I've mentioned bad, as bad as it's been, like their offensive line clearly has not adjusted to some of the pieces that they lost, but at the end of the day, it's not an excuse. And you're right. I think for the first time in the Tom Brady Buccaneers era, they're finally thinking about life after Brady potentially. Obviously, they kind of did like when Brady semi-retired and stuff. But now, seriously, they're like, all right, like maybe we do got to look at it. This guy won't be playing 
forever. One other quarterback thing that we'll just mention real quick on, Dak Prescott returned for Dallas this past weekend as they dismantled the Lions. The Dallas defense continues to ball out, prove that they're honestly probably the best defense in football. Dak wasn't anything spectacular. He didn't need to be. But, again, puts to bed any of the, oh, Cooper Rush will play over Dak Prescott in the future. No, Dak Prescott will be perfectly fine. Moving out west before we get to our game picks, we'll talk about the Seattle Seahawks and kind of like their legitimacy, their top in the NFC West after their victory 37-23 over the Los Angeles Chargers. Geno Smith continues to play some real good football and the emergence of Kenneth Walker, 23 carries, 162, 167 yards and two touchdowns headlined by I believe it was like a 60-something yard run that kind of like put the game away. Obviously, Walker, a second-round pick this past year out of Michigan State, was in Wake Forest, transfers to Michigan State for his last year and runs wild there and has just continued it ever since Rashad Penny's gotten hurt. And this Seattle team, I mean, again, they're going to continue to keep smirking as they see Russell Wilson's downfall and they're playing so good. Core, I'll also throw it to you here with the Seahawks. Like, Geno Smith, where you would take him comparatively to some other quarterbacks are I'm going to throw a couple names out there. Like, I kind of want to see, like, where you feel. Just this year, like, like who do you feel more comfortable with today as your quarterback winning a game? Geno Smith between – we'll go with three. I will go four because I got four good names right here. Derek Carr. Mm. Daniel Jones. Trevor Lawrence we'll go with because Jones and Lawrence played each other this week. So those four. And if you got another one that you think is, like, real good on, like, the border, yeah. feel free. Throw it out. Rattle them off. Dude, that's tough, but – I don't know. I think right now, I'm still going to take Derek Carr over. I mean, I haven't watched a lot of Derek Carr this year. I still think Derek Carr is like a good quarterback in this league, I think. I know Josh Jacobs has been going crazy, but I'm still going to take Derek Carr out of respect. Daniel Jones, I think right now. The thing about Daniel Jones, like his stats are never pretty, but he's been winning football games. I don't know. I think. I don't know. I think this is tough. I'm I'm gonna take Geno Smith right now over Trevor Lawrence. That's probably like a bold take, but I think right now, mm. I think like Lawrence showed flash. But I'm gonna take Geno, and then Daniel. I don't know. I think with the way Geno's playing, like as a pure quarterback, not like based off your record. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take Geno Smith. It might sound like a casual. I'm gonna take Geno over T- Trevor Lawrence and, and um Daniel Jones, but I'll take Carr over. Over Gino. Cousins, too, taking over Gino? Nah. I'm taking Gino Smith. Yeah, I like Cousins. it. Yeah. I like it. I kind of, the only thing I'm kind of disagreeing with you is I would actually, I think I'd take Gino over Cousins, as crazy as it is. I think if you put Gino on the Vikings, the, 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 they'd be better. I actually think I would take Jones over Gino. I just think Jones, like, kind of carries, like, more of what he can do in the run game and stuff like that. Maybe, like, has a little bit more responsibility on him, whereas, Gino doesn't have to, but again, Gino's been one of the best throw pure throwers in the league. Where Daniel Jones, his throwing stats are kind of like, eh. I think that's more to blame on the receivers, but that's besides mm-hmm. the point. But it's crazy again that we can say this in week eight going into that's a debate that we're having because Gino Smith has played that good. So hats off to Gino Smith, and I'm curious to see like what quarterbacks will potentially follow this like Gino Smith. I don't want to say the Gino Smith model in a sense, but like kind of sitting for a couple years that like, gets their chance and kind of like burst onto the scene because we saw a couple of them this year and Marcus Mariota who'd been a backup for a couple years he's been all right like he's been doing what Arthur Smith wants him to do I mean he threw 13 passes in the game that they got blown out by I think that's crazy they just like to run the football a lot 
You got Mitch Trubisky, who couldn't hold his job for three weeks. He's playing eh football. But again, he, this was a guy who went to Buffalo last year to sit down. So I'm curious to see, like, maybe next year now, what quarterbacks will follow the Geno Smith path. Perhaps Drew Locke is like a backup right now that maybe next year he'll get a starting shot. I don't, I, I, Teddy Bridgewater is wow. another one that comes to mind. Um, any any off the top of your head that you're kind of thinking of? I mean, Gardner Minshew maybe again. Gardner Minshew, yes, Gardner Minshew is a good one. You know what I mean? And he, again, it doesn't even have to be like the one year for Minshew would be like two years backing up because Gino was an extended backup now for a pretty long time. Obviously, this is a guy who was thought about pretty high in NFL circles. He was a second round pick out of West Virginia, I believe, in like 2013. So again, this is like I I I don't think that this is like the last time we'll see something like that in a sense. Like Jameis was another one who sat a year behind Drew Brees. Then he got hurt last year. Now this year he's been all banged up and stuff. But I'm curious like what other quarterbacks will follow in this footstep because, again, this is like a cheap way to particularly get some real good years out of a starting quarterback. And, again, maybe not be your franchise guy, but Gino can be like a, a stopgap almost until you eventually find that next guy. So good for Seattle, what they're doing. I can't believe that in week eight right now, Seattle leads the NFC West. I think that's crazy, but that's kind of where we are. For the Chargers, who they played, I mean, a, they continue to be absolutely ridiculed by injuries. They lose J.C. Jackson for the year. was having a tough year anyway, but still, that's a brutal loss. He's your number one corner. Mike Williams also went down in this game. He's going to be banged up for a couple weeks. They just got Keenan Allen back up to speed, and like he finally played, but like I should rephrase that. He wasn't really up to speed. They desperately need the bye week this week to get healthy. I know Joey Bose has been banged up as well. Um, For the Chargers team that we had a lot of playoff aspirations for and potentially going to the AFC Championship game, if you ask me, they're a lot more on that second tier of the NFC, AFC where you're arguing them versus the Ravens, them versus the Bengals, them versus the Dolphins. I guess if you want to even throw the Titans technically in there between – the um, the Bucks, uh, the Bills, and the Chiefs. They're a lot closer to that second tier, which is a shame. Herbert, like I said, it just it, he doesn't look the exact same. I know that they're missing so many receivers. They've lost to Sean Slater as well. They desperately need the bye week this week. Hopefully they can get right and maybe turn it around because, like I said, Herbert is too talented for this team to kind of uh, go down easily. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Chargers were, were my prediction to come out of the AFC. I know they've been dealing – with injuries, but like even in games, they're they're winning. Like they squeeze by the Broncos, like they're squeezing by the Browns. They kind of beat the Texans, not in like that great of a fashion. You get blown out by the Jags. I feel like this team, like yeah, they're four and three, but like you look at them, talent wise, they're really they're like should be an elite team. Like I know they have injuries on the offensive line. Mike Williams is hurt. Keenan's been out, but like yeah, they're four and three. But they have not played like like a four and three team. Like I think they're lucky to be four and three. And I think, yeah, I think if you I'm not gonna put them in the same conversation as teams like the Broncos and the Bucks and the Packers, but like at the end of the day, I think if you look at the Chargers, the Bucks, the Packers, like the Rams, um Broncos, I don't know. Like those teams, like those teams, I think if you if you ask them, like their their goal was like Super Bowl or bust. I put the mm-hmm. Chargers in that category. I don't think the Chargers have played as bad as those teams I've named, but the way they're playing right now, like they are nowhere near a a Super Bowl contender. Like I think talent wise, yes, I think they could flip it around um, more than those other teams. I think they're honestly like right now more talented 
than those teams. But I don't know. I think, yeah, I think Justin Herbert's too good of a quarterback for, for this team to to look like this right now. And, and like, the offense is not, like, looking great. I mean, J.C. Jackson, I think he's out for the year now. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe he it's Bill Belichick's system. Like, he has been an absolute fraud this season. After last year, he looked like a top corner in the league. But I think that's kind of blown up in their face, that, that signing. But, yeah, I don't know how you think. But I'm not going to put them in that category. But the Chargers have honestly been a pretty, pretty disappointing team, in my opinion. Yeah, I think they've been maybe shielded by the four and three record that they have. And if they were three and four through seven weeks, yeah. And some of the injuries were giving them the benefit of the doubt. And yeah, they played a little bit of a weaker schedule. As you mentioned, some of their wins against the Raiders, even week one, wasn't great. Um, the Broncos wasn't great. And the Texans, yeah, like a lot left to be desired from those games. I, again, this is a team that with those teams that you mentioned in the Rams, the Bucks, they're not as disappointing, but they also did have Super Bowl aspirations and they're not living up to them. So hopefully for the Chargers, like I said, this bye week has no team has needed a bye week more than the Chargers, especially after getting bounced pretty bad at home. Real quick, before we get on to our game picks, I will shout out DeAndre Hopkins, who came mm-hmm. back from his suspension this past Thursday night as the Cardinals dropped 42 points on the Saints. The final was 42 to 34. Hopkins in this game, 10 catches, 103 yards, kind of shades of his old Texans days. He was good his first year in Arizona, especially the first half of the year, but people maybe a little bit worried if he's losing a step and how the missed time he'd come back. But with no Marquise Brown, he definitely stepped up into a big role. And Cork, good for a Thursday night football game, finally getting some scores. Now, I know two of them would pick sixes at the end of the first half by Andy Dalton. However, it's still points, and it's a lot better than what we've seen recently. So, you know what? Clap it up for the Thursday night football game. I was pretty excited for it. Mm-hmm. I mean, 42 to 34. Yeah. I mean, that's probably more points than the last three combined. Yeah, I was going to say. I don't even know the last high-scoring game. I mean, like Bengals-Dolphins maybe, and it really wasn't even high-scoring. But, yeah, I mean, Andy Dalton throwing pick sixes out here. Marco Wilson out here flying into the end zone. But, yeah, DeAndre Hopkins first game back. I don't know, like, why we overthought it. I mean, without Marquise Brown, I think, yeah, D-Hop is the guy. He's going to get a lot of targets. I mean, he didn't get in the end zone, but certainly um, it was clear. Kyler missed the target like DeAndre Hopkins. I think this Mm -hmm. offense, it's a shame Marquise got hurt. I think with those two guys, this offense could be really good. I think that's a really good wide receiver duo. But, yeah, I mean, hey. Thursday night football shout out. I don't know where the the Saints are kind of like in that mixed area. I mean, they have injuries like Jameis should be back, Michael Thomas. Right now you're two and five, but you look up. I mean, who, who's first place in that division? Like three and four up. Bucks and yeah, the Falcons. And They're one game back. So I think the the Saints, as bad as these first seven games have been, like they've been competitive. That game in London was pretty crazy. Um losing a lot of like close games so I don't know you look up two and five maybe this is the new NFC East maybe you're right there hmm. but, um yeah at least this is a good Thursday night football game though yeah must win game if you ask me for the Cardinals at home to avoid dropping to two and five they increased to three and four and tied with the Rams and the 49ers at three and four yeah for the Saints definitely a disappointing year so far and they really have to turn it around because they do not have their first round pick next year it is going to Philadelphia so I mean you can't really like you can't give up a top 10 pick there. That's just not good. So moving on to our game picks. Hopefully this Thursday night game as well should be pretty good. The Baltimore Ravens travel to Tampa Bay 
to play the Buccaneers. The Buccaneers are one-point favorites in this game. The Ravens played an all right game this past week against the Browns. Nothing special, but in the end, they were able to squeeze out Gus Edwards in his return, two touchdowns on the ground. As bad as the Buccaneers looked, Core, it's almost the thing that, like, I'm going to die on the Buccaneers' train in the sense that they're going to have to bounce back eventually. This seems like a good spot to kind of beat a playoff team when the national audience is watching and be like, all right, like, we're not, like, that much in danger. Obviously, the Ravens' secondary has been a little susceptible this year, so look for Chris Godwin and Mike Evans to potentially have pretty big days. But, yeah, I'm going to take the Buccaneers minus one here. They have to do a better job controlling the ground game as like I said 173 yards on the ground last week for Carolina Baltimore's a much better rushing offense than them so they got to do that but with that being said I think that like it gives like I I think there's a good spot for the Buccaneers to bounce back Mm -hmm. yeah I I I kind of agree I think the Buccaneers I mean like eventually you got to get a win I think like the end of the day if they lose this game like if they look bad in this game like I'm physically just like completely off the bandwagon like I'm already kind of off it but like you lose this like I don't even think they make the playoffs or like if they lose this game like pretty bad so I'm betting on Tom Brady eventually I don't, I don't think he's himself like he was the last um previous years but I still think he's got to have a little bit of good football left in him so I think a banged up uh Ravens defense right now I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Bucks to, to win this game and then yeah I'm taking the win Okay, moving on to a Sunday slate. I think if you would have told us that we were picking this game in week eight, uh, that would have been surprised us. But the Giants are three-point underdogs traveling to Seattle to play the Seahawks. The Giants obviously coming off a big win four straight, as it seems for them. Seattle's a long travel for them to go. But again, one thing about these Giants is that you just never count them out. I think a big thing to watch would be the availability of DK Metcalf. I'd say right now it doesn't look like he's trending towards playing. If that's the case, Adoree Jackson, the Giants' number one corner, can take more of a role with Tyler Lockett, and that definitely helps coverage-wise. And again, I'm just not going to go against this Giants team. Or again, call it bias and stuff like that. This is a team that continues to win games and will fight and scrap around. I mentioned Daniel Jones. I still would take over Geno Smith. And again, I think this is just another classic. The Giants are going to win this game late. Seattle might run the ball pretty well. They might gain a ton of yards. Like The Giants have given up a ton of yards this year, but – in the second half, they adjust, and they normally come out on top, as shown with their record. So, yeah, I'm going to go with the Giants improving to 7-1 going in, going into their bye week after a big win in Seattle. This is – again, this is this could be definitely a spot for a letdown, especially after, like, back-to-back weeks on the road and then going on your bye next week. But, I, 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 again, this is a team that clearly the Giants have shown all year. Don't write them off, and I'm going to continue with that theme right now, and I think they get a win in Seattle. Yeah, I mean, Vegas – keeps putting the, the Giants at underdogs. I think, like, they're assuming, like, eventually they get they got to, like, lose. And that does have to happen. I think if they win this, though, like, they're pretty – pretty say you get the Texans, Lions, you got Commanders coming up. And then, I mean, you have the Eagles and Cowboys from there. But I don't know. I think this is a bit – I think I, – I just don't know. I think the way they're winning, I don't want to say it's not sustainable because they've clearly done it. Three shit games. I think this will be a close game. Probably going to hate me. I'm, I'm going to side with, with Seattle at minus three. I think this game will be a one-possession game. I mean, minus three. I buy it down to two and a half. I think this game can easily be settled by a field goal. But in in Seattle, I'm going to I'm gonna take Seattle to win the game. And I'll take them to cover minus three, to be honest. But I think uh, it should be a, a good game. Hey, it's fair. I mean, listen, this could potentially be – I actually think this would be the playoff, like a playoff matchup 
if the season ended today. Actually, maybe maybe not because Dallas is has two losses and Seattle would be the three seed technically. But I mean, again, it, two potential surprise playoff teams in the NFC going at each other. Hopefully, this is America's game of the week, which would be pretty damn cool. But moving on to the, I believe this is the Sunday night game. The 49ers travel to Los Angeles to play the Rams. Obviously, these two teams have a lot of familiarity with each other. They played already earlier in the year. This is actually going to be America's game of the week, excuse me, for sure. Um, Shanahan, 8-4 and four in his career against Sean McVay. That even includes the loss that he took to them last year in the playoffs. It seems like he does have his number. Jimmy Garoppolo has not lost a regular season start against the Rams. He's 7-0 and with them. I'm going to keep that trend. The Niners coming off a tough loss. I'm going to back them at minus 1.5. The Rams offense, yes, they just went on a bye week, but I'm going to continue to say that like I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bet on them bouncing back. I got faith that Christian McCaffrey will get acclimated in time. Keep an eye on Debo Samuel's availability. I know that he's a little banged up. I'm sure that if he can go, he 100 will. But yeah, I'm gonna side with the 49ers here. Better defense and a Rams team that really necessarily isn't clicking and a coach in McVay that's been kind of dominated by Kyle Shanahan. I'm gonna still ride with the 49ers even as road favorites. Yeah, I mean the Rams have been a disappointing team. I, I think the first time these two teams played, the Rams offense really didn't do anything. And I don't know. I don't expect that much to be different, I think. Yeah, I mean, Chris McCaffrey, I think, in this game, more a little like a week acclimated to the offense. I think I think the Niners go into L.A., get the season sweep and cover minus one and a half. I just think at this stage, I think the Niners are a better team than the Rams. I think it's simple. So I'm going to take the Niners. Yeah, I agree. One thing definitely to watch for on the Rams side of things, Van Jefferson – should be back this week. This is a guy who helps stretch the field for their offense, something that they haven't had with Allen Robinson, uh, Cooper Cup obviously playing in the slab, and Skoranek. So I think that that could potentially help their offense. Who knows, maybe their running back situation is a little more settled with Darrell Henderson, Kyron Williams as well. Probably won't go this week, but probably will be back the week after. So, yeah, the Rams off a bye. Definitely you'll, the Niners will get their best shot, but in the end I think that the Niners will ultimately be victorious. With that core, that's going to do it. For today's episode, be sure to check us out on the Instagram at the deep ball underscore week eight. We're pumped for it. A couple of real good games. So, yeah, that's going to do it. Take care, everybody. Have a good one.